Hello, this is your host Narina and welcome to The Startup Way, a podcast where we unveil stories behind the scenes of startups, glorious success and drastic failure, spark thought-provoking conversations with investors and engage willing experts to reveal what the future of technology beholds. The podcast series are powered by SSS Venture Capital Firm, here to help you start, scale and succeed in the startup world. Today, our guest is Zara Bagdasarian, who is a partner at SSS Ventures, a tech entrepreneur and associate leader. Zara, thank you for joining our podcast. In these times of economic uncertainty and downturn, how has the venture capital landscape changed apart from the decrease in the capital available for investment? Well, uh, venture capital right now, they're looking at, especially in these times, to invest in companies and put money in areas that they can have what we call them at early stages that we can see they can benefit in the and longer down the road. So the exits would be much longer. So we look at the, the money that's going at early stages, especially that you can know the money is more valuable. Valuations are lower. So venture capitalists try to also get involved early on rather than later because it's going to take time for the companies to build and grow. And so uh, uh, the activities in pre-seed and the seed level is increasing. So because I think over mostly if you look at the historically also, a lot of great companies are started and rested during the downturns where uh, also capital gets used more efficiently. Companies use the capital more effectively towards their growth and they're more execute, more conservative. And what changes do you think should investors adopt in their approach and what new strategies should be implemented in investing? Investors should take more longer term. They should consider that the investing is going to have a, a companies that they're going to need a longer run. Exit's going to come later. Uh, also, uh, investors should be very cautious approach on their due diligence. And uh, investing really in companies that uh, they see them very, they can create a long-term value for the customers and the market. It seems that until recently, cryptocurrency investments were making all the headlines and were the hottest topic out there. But with the FTX clash, investors became rather wary of blockchain startups and are reluctant to invest in the sector. Then, with the release of ChatGPT in November last year, generative AI investments became the trend. What are the top investment sectors at the moment? Well, investment sectors, they are, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've seen this happen in cycles. They, they followed you in early days that there was one time that dot-com and telecom investors was, you just have to spell telecom or uh, a .com platform, you will get investment money. Then it got turned to the social media, but then its cycle turned, goes to uh, now crypto, everything was hard. The problem is all of these are valid technologies, even crypto, blockchain. It just was overblown, overinvestment was too high and expectation was too high. And when also when that happens, uh, uh, you see a lot of investment goes in areas that greed takes over and uh, reality loses it. So but things get uh, calm down. I mean, roller coaster ride goes down and then things level up. And all of this blockchain, crypto, in the long term, in the long term, there are valid 
technologies and we need that evolution to happen. AI is going to be there and chat GPT all of a sudden created generative AI investments going on. So uh, what were the various investors investing right now? I think there's still a lot of opportunities in creator economies. In a creator, we're allowing new ways of uh, Web3. Yeah. So all of these are, I think, in areas that I think there's a lot of good investments going to happen. And some of the areas that I see also investors looking into it really uh, in um, what they call heart science, hard science investments, uh, where, um, where real, really innovation happens yeah. that they didn't get their proper investment in the last five, 10 years. So um, I see all over, I see uh, investments right now. In, in, uh, happening in all the areas, early stage companies. There's a lot of great companies out there, all the innovations happening. And so uh, it's not just one segment you can pick up and say there's always good investments everywhere. You just have to find the right, right team, right company, right market. Um, I see big investments happening in different parts of the world. Um, uh, there's a lot of growth in Africa. I see a lot of investment happening in Africa in that part of the world, uh, uh, that, uh, getting built up, uh, still we have like, you know, next generation of the, uh, communication, uh, in chip technology, I see technology. So there's just, you cannot, I cannot pick up one area, say, this is the area that everybody should invest or invest. You just have to look at all the verticals. At the early stages, when startups do not necessarily have a solid proof of concept, completely developed products and a strong customer base, what criteria do you use apart from the size of the market targeted and potential future valuation of the startup to make the investment decision? Yeah, other than things that you mentioned, the key thing for me is, uh, of course, the, the, the passion that the team has and the team. Uh, to me, uh, uh, there's three things you look at in very, very early stages, right? Because, I, of course, the market is wanting you. What they are, uh, the passion of the founders uh, and their commitment to the project, the commitment to the end over. And those are very important um, to me. And the last thing is also if your founders are very open and coachable, all of these to me are the key elements that you want to look into other than the market and uh, still that you mentioned. Because at early stages, you're basically you're making a bet on the person, on the team. And uh, you, there's no traction. Uh, there's no revenue. There's no EBITDA. There's nothing. Uh, uh, you have to go with your intuition of the, you know, the market, whether this team can execute, the founders can execute their passion, uh, because execution is the key. Uh, ideas are dime in a dozen, but the execution is what makes a difference from a success or failure. And, uh, that's one thing I look into the founders early on. Do they have what it takes to take this company all the way? Do they have the passion? Do they have the execution? Do they have the uh, openness of learning and growing? Uh, those are the things that value. Living multiple startups throughout your career and being a partner at the VC firm, you have sad foot on both sides of the venture world. 
There is a plethora of advice for founders on what steps to take in order to achieve success. Based on the extensive experience you have accumulated over the years, can you give us an insight into what they should definitely not do to avoid failure and the main mistakes that should be avoided in the early stages of the startup journey? Well, there's, um, let me, where do you want me to start? I think we, let me see how much. The key thing I think of my advice to the founders that uh, is, uh, it goes back to the principles of, uh, make sure you know what you know and know what you don't know and bring people that they know what they, what you don't know. So, um, that goes back to building the team. Basically you want to always hire someone better than you, smarter than you. And, and let them do the job. When I hire the best people, uh, be open to other people to, to building the team. At the end of the day, uh, don't try to do everything yourself. It's team what makes it successful. I know this is fundamentals, but you'll be surprised how many founders that from early days, they want to, they don't want to do that. Uh, and, um, allowing others, people come in and build the team together. That's very important and hiring people that they know more than they do. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's a key identifying areas that you have weakness and, uh, going, bringing team members that can cover that weakness and let them do the job. So, um, and do all the other thing is always think about do what's best for them and put your egos away side and put what's best for the company and best for the product and what you're trying to build. And the last thing I would say, uh, 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 greed and perseverance. Don't say, don't take no for an answer and, uh, just believe in something and, and do it. Recapping year 2022, I wanted to know what were the most exciting startup investments made in your opinion? Think about this one, man. This is an investment I came across and I thought it was very interesting. Very simple, but very valuable. This investment was a company in Africa, which they put their headquarters in the U.S. What they did was very interesting. They, all the, you, uh, the market in Africa, their numbers there, I'm talking about Africa because I'm very close to it right now. It's growing crazy. It's one of the high, uh, biggest growing economy and fastest growing economies right now. The growth rate, uh, it's like, it's the next frontier. Every, this company, what they did is, and, and all the big companies from the Western world, like U.S., Europe, Africa is foreign to them. They want to get to know what African consumers do, what do they want, what do they use, what do they do. So that knowledge, I mean, you can't go today. It's very hard to find out on day to day in Africa, what people do, what, what do they buy, what do they use? Why is that important? It's important because how do you market them? How do you sell the product? How do you build it? the future of the, uh, your business there, how you enter that market, risk the marketing data. Uh, this company, what they did is was very simple. They created this app that they, uh, basically, uh, everybody would download in Africa and they would say what all they asked them to do whenever they went shopping, they take a picture of what they bought and during their app. For every time they take the picture, they got, let's say one cent or they got some kind of reward. So I encourage people to take the picture. Like for example, if you went to the shopping and you bought, uh, uh, 
let's say, uh, oil uh, or, uh, or dishwashing liquid XYZ brand, you just take a picture of that and send it to their app. What they did, they were able to give this app to almost because in, and economic needs are high there, right? I mean, you tell someone, you just take a picture of what you want and they give you 10 cents a dollar or something. It's a very little income to them, but it's important. It goes a long way in a poor country. So what, what they did, they collected the data of everything that people were consuming in Africa in real time. And then guess what? They sell that data. They provide data and analytics and insight to the big companies like IBM, oil companies, Procter Gamble, Coca-Cola. So they became their customers. And, uh, and so I thought that was very interesting. I mean, there was a pain. Some, someone like the Coca-Cola or Pepsi want to know what consumers are using in Africa. And this is a very good way of collecting the data uh, from the villages from everywhere. And they provide, of course, AI analytic, everything built on top of that. I mean, they, they did a big round and I think they're doing well. This was a simple idea, uh, but it was, I thought it was a very clever thought to do something simple or effective. And of course they will add, they raised big money. They're going to add a lot of things on top of that. But, um, but that was one of the things I thought was, oh, it was interesting. I mean, they were pitching and uh, that's one thing that I came across. It was, uh, caught my interest. Mm-hmm. So that, that was that one. I mean, what other thing that, uh, I came across, I mean, I see a lot of, a lot of pitch decks, a lot of startups, uh, but uh, most of them are. One thing that I see about uh, how people try to, let's say if someone is successful selling a soap, everybody teaches you about doing a new soap. I see a lot of that, right? They uh, try to pitch a successful company again. So um, that's the one that stuck with me. I mean, everything else to me was, I've heard that story before. Another startup, which I think they're further ahead now, they raised a couple of rounds money. Um, they came out, this is more science related. They came up with a, it's a platform that they tried to uh, predict or show you the, it was, it has to do with space. And you know, there's a lot of satellites, every, a number of increase of satellites getting launched every day is increasing like crazy. Right. I mean, uh, they, this, uh, this company does basically gives you analytics of how, what is the garbage and crowdness in space? So to avoid collisions, so people wanting to launch satellites, uh, it shows them basically it starts the traffic monitoring of the space and, uh, uh what are the possible collisions and things like that in space. It's very complex, complex what they're doing, but it's, they've done it very simply using a lot of their analytic tools and data and AI for uh, predicting of space uh, uh, collisions and garbage in space. But there's a lot of garbage in space. You're launching satellite. And that's one area that's growing a lot. I think that's a space uh, satellite investments and applications of the satellites like Starlink and all that is going to grow. I also wanted to discuss startup overvaluation with you. 
So what leads to startups overvaluation and what are the risks that come from it for a startup? What's what, what leads uh, to high valuation is basically an, uh, an investor or basically fear of not missing out. People try to pump the valuation of the companies and investors, right? Investors, there's a supply and demand. If there's other investors interested in investing in a the company, then that they, the valuation goes up, right? And they just put whatever founders want, they give the money. Uh, and if there's not enough uh, demand, then valuations get lower. And, and it's very hard to set a valuation, right? Uh, what is the value, especially, especially early rounds. On higher rounds, it, later on, it's a little bit easier, but still, it goes back to market word, what uh, advantage is what your company does today is basically what, what the investor feels that company going to be worth from the investment going in in the future, right? Uh, and um, now there's a danger by overvaluation. I always to tell uh, startups, important is not this round. You have to think about the next round, the follow-on money. So um, if you raise money with high valuation and you don't meet your milestones, accomplishment, uh, which is very, I would say a lot of companies that raise money, they're, um, they're optimistic about what they can achieve and they miss the targets. Do either due to execution, due market, due economy, they were wrong in forecasting. What happens next time you go raise money, if you raise a high valuation, next round going to be a lower valuation, down round. And you're going to have an unhappy investor, unhappy employees. And uh, so, uh, overvaluing a company in, initially is, is very, very tough to maintain that momentum. So I always tell startups, make sure the money that you're raising, it gets you to a meaningful milestone, a tangible milestone and make sure you get that. It's not your, you're risking the future. Graduations. So I always tell also uh, founders, when you're asking for, let's say, 5 million, 6 million, just don't pick a number. Make sure that number gets you to a good milestone. And investors, they have to do the right due diligence to make sure that the money that they're asking will take the company the right milestone. I have seen so many out in the companies asking for money that said, oh, we, we need 5 million only to get us to XYZ. A target, but when you ask the question, how did they come up with that number? And they you see their assumptions are all wrong, and they just turn to under. Uh, they think they shy about saying they need more money, so because they don't want to give up a lot of company. But it's a very fine balance between what you're asking, and that's what one of our spend time in due diligence of companies make sure what they asking raising up the grant. Well, is realistic for the milestones they want to achieve. Can you please give an example of a startup you think is really overvalued in the market at the moment? There is one I know. I don't know whether I can give the name because a couple, because again, this is some private information you have. I mean, I mean, most of the companies in 2021 or 2020, 2021, when they raise money, they're, they're overvalued. 
and uh, they ride the curve of the just valuations was irrelevant. People just were asked for money. I mean, if you do the multiples of the revenues, we're not there. And they are, um, there are some early startups that I know of that, uh, uh, uh their valuation role is high and we'll see what do they execute. Zara, thank you for a very interesting and insightful conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Till next time. Bye.